Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. You may recall the news story from February 6th when former Miss Waco Jamie Blanick had stopped to help at a traffic crash when she was hit and critically injured. Her inspiring survival story and the way the community has rallied around her is our focus today, and it is a joy to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Well, especially because when this happened, I mean, we were just praying that you would live. Yes, that, wow, that sounds so crazy to hear. But yes, everyone no, it was, was praying you for that. You were gravely injured. I was. So let's, let, let's go back to that. I know you said you've never done a podcast before. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's going to be fun. I always try to make it fun for my guests. And then I thought, you know, she's going to be retelling probably the most traumatic thing that could happen to anyone. It may not be the match. Oh, for her. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, now, you know, we can look back and, and see, you know, we can see God's hand really oh, yeah. in, for sure. in your survival. So, okay. So you, so you stopped at this crash and this is kind of near Hewitt. It was in Lorena. Oh, it was in Lorena. Lorena. Okay. Yes. So I was leaving my brother's house. Um, our whole family had been over there and, I was headed home and I came upon an accident that looked really bad and I got out of my car um, very quickly and ran to the vehicle Um, and I don't actually remember anything except one small memory that I believe God gave me for a reason and he has blocked everything else out because it was so horrific but what I remember is two small little girls in the back of the car and their father was in the front and um, the one little girl was out of her car seat trying to get to the front. They were screaming, they were crying and I was telling them to calm down, it's okay. I was checking them, making sure they weren't bleeding or severely injured and I told them my name was Jamie, what's your name? Just trying to calm them down, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I told the one little girl, get back in your car seat, get in your car seat. And the other one, I kept her in her car seat. And then I remember an impact. And that's it. Mm. I remember nothing. When did you come to? When were you back conscious again? Oh, and that's the, the scary part. I came to in the ICU. I was strapped to the bed. I remember seeing my wrists. They were tied to the bed. I couldn't breathe, and I had no idea where I was, had no clue what was going on, and I 
started hearing all these machines going off and people rushing into the room. And I heard, um, you've been in an accident, you've been in an accident. And that's when I heard what had happened to me. Um, so it was all a whirlwind. And that was the next day. So many hours. Yes, yes. I had already had surgery. Um, I had already been care flighted, everything. I had already gone through this whole journey and didn't know any of that. It's not interesting. It's crazy. Um, I was told by everyone. Um, my mom actually came up on the accident right after me. Oh, no. And she was with me the whole time. Um, and fortunately... No, she's the one that should have her memory wiped out. She wishes she did not yeah, know yeah. everything oh, yes and that that just is oh gosh that hurts me so much to know that she knows and mm -hmm. that she saw but she says it's a blessing that she was there oh yeah for sure that god put her there because in the worst moment of your life you think you want your mom with you and she was with me and so that definitely was a blessing for sure um, and fortunately for me, there was um, a first responder there that just happened to be driving by. Really? And as soon as I was hit, he was with me and he saved my life hmm. for sure. So God put all these little things into place so that I was going to make it. Um, but the whole time I was awake, I was speaking to my mom. I was talking to the guy that saved me. Oh, really? I was. So they thought you were conscious and yes, aware of. I was aware the whole time. The whole helicopter ride to the hospital, I was awake. They were telling me I was talking to them the whole time. And I have no clue about any of it. <laughs> have you had um, training, you know, EMT kind of training? I mean, what? To stop and help in an accident like that, is that just in your DNA to stop and help? Or, or yes. you know, is it something you've been trained to do? I know nothing at all. Um, I know how to put pressure on bleeding and, like, mm -hmm. common sense sort of stuff. But And I could do CPR, but I could never save someone's life. That is for sure. Um, it, that's just who I am. I see something, and I... If I think I can help, I help. I've stopped numerous times at accidents. I've called the police for accidents um, many times, but this one was so bad. I didn't even have time to call 911, um, but that's just who I am. I just, if I see something, I want to help. If I can open a door for someone, I want to open a door for someone, mm -hmm. carry something for someone. That's just who I am. This has been... Um such a learning experience, I think, for a lot of your friends, because I know um, KX6B did a story, I think maybe the next day or so, of the people that were gathered outside the hospital oh, yeah. praying for you. You know, there there have been so many people who heard your story and immediately rallied, at least to, to try to help through prayer. Yes, that um, was something that when I woke up, I started to ask my mom, does so-and-so know? Do people know? And she was like, yes, Jamie everyone knows. <laughs> and I still don't even grasp how many people were praying for me because I, I meet people who come up to me and they're like, you're the girl, I've been praying for you. And it's touched me so much. I never thought that I would be the one that people would pray for, that I would need the prayers. Um, but I needed them and I felt them and you know the saying, um, the power of prayer? 
it's a thing because I could feel that power as there were a hundred people outside of the hospital praying. I could feel it. I didn't know who was out there. I didn't know how many people. I didn't know anything, but you could feel it in all of my low moments in the hospital when I was crying and when I was in pain. I could feel this peace come mm-hmm. over me. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing. I know that God has been through this entire thing for me. And if you weren't a believer before, I can sit you down and I can tell you, and afterwards you will be a believer because um, I'm a huge Disney fan. And my nurse in the ICU, her name was Mickey. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Um, it, it's just little, little, little things, things like that yeah. that you're like, oh, wow, this is a God thing mm-hmm. just for me. When did, when did everybody know, okay, she's going to survive this? Um, I think it had to have been the next day mm-hmm. because, um, and this breaks my heart, my, when my mom called my dad to tell him he had left my brother's house before I did. And my mom was right behind me. So my dad was home before we were. Mm-hmm. And she had to call my dad and say, Jamie's been in an accident. And I don't know if she's going to make it. And that, I mean, at that point, they they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And they did not know if I would survive the care flight to Temple. Um, it, it was... It was very scary for everyone, and I think um, it was probably Sunday that they knew I would be okay. Um, but I may have to fight, you know, different battles along the way. But it was, it was Sunday, I think, before people knew. What is your recovery status now? I mean, where where are you in this? I know it was it was a traumatic injury yes. because you lost a limb. I did. I did. Um, I lost um, my right leg and it's uh, so I'm now considered an above the knee amputee um it's which is crazy um I am in physical therapy I go three times a week um I have a prosthetic leg that I can walk on um and we're kind of tweaking that now so that I can use it you know, all the time, mm-hmm. um, because that's going to be my new leg. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate that I will be able to use a prosthetic. Uh, some people can't, and I will not be in this wheelchair for much longer. So those are the prayers I need now. Um, but my left leg was also very traumatically injured. Um, the whole thing was shattered. And so that's kind of what we're waiting on now is that to fully heal and to be strong enough for me to walk on that leg. So it's kind of a, it's been a battle between the two legs. Yeah, you need both of them. I do. (laughs) You need both to walk. Yeah, right, right. Yes. What has been the thing you have learned through this? I mean, what you would share with someone? Oh, wow. I have learned so much. I have learned that you definitely need to be thankful for everything. We take so much for granted. We try to fly through life. Um, we get caught up in things that don't really matter. And I would say just pause. Let the people who are in your life know that you love them. 
and really pay attention to what you can do to help other people and to spend more time being thankful. Um, And also, I'm a person, I'm kind of a control freak, um, so I've had to learn how to let go Mm -hmm. of the control over anything because really, none of us are in control. God is in control. We have very little that we can do anything about. So don't get caught up in the little things that bother you. Just let things go. Um, I've always been someone who likes to do the right thing, and that's something that I will continue to do. But I'm going to see things so much differently. Um, I also want to help people who are like me, people who have gone through this situation. There's so many amputees out there. There's a huge community that I didn't even know about. Like I never would have thought about it and I want to be a part of it and I want to help other people and let them know there is a lot of pain. It is a lot of work, but on the other side, you can still have a full life. You can still have this beautiful life and I'm not completely on the other side of it. I haven't done. It's only been a few months, really. It's just been three months. Yes. It's remarkable how far you've come. Yeah. When you talk about how how traumatic those injuries were. But I have to think that technologically speaking, uh, between, you know, the military and so many of our brave men and women in the military Mm -hmm. were injured and lost lower limbs, that there's got to be some advancements made in in helping this kind of injury. There are. There are incredible types of prosthetics and the um, just the options are totally crazy i am now just in the beginning parts but the technology there's something like for running yes there's blades and there's um microprocessor knees and for people who have lost arms and hands you can actually they have um technology where you can actually move your fingers and pick things up um and I think right now somewhere they're working on um, feet that can feel like sand if you're walking on sand. And it's just incredible where the trajectory of where the technology for prosthetics are going. And I look forward to being a part of trying things out and saying, um, oh, this works like this, this doesn't work that well, and helping people like that because, you know, in you know, a hundred years ago, people had peg legs, and right now you can do, you can swim, you can snowboard, you can do whatever, and I'm looking forward to doing all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you will, I predict, you will be doing all all those activities. Yes. So I, I assume, I mean, you're absolutely gorgeous. You are oh, Miss you. Waco. Yes. And so one would think you've, you know, exercise and all that. Yes. So so how how is that aspect of your life going? I worked out every day for hours a day um and when I woke up in the ICU at one point I was like the gym when can I go back to the gym yeah right and the doctors were like uh Jamie you're not gonna go to the gym for a while and I was like what and so not even upper body yeah I know I'm like wait what I can't do anything and so I started in my hospital room with my insure bottles <laughs> that I was supposed to be drinking. I was using them as weights. <laughs> and my nurses would come in and they'd be like, 
oh, look at you. I'm like, yeah, I just have to work I gotta out. Do I something. just have to do it. <laughs> and it that was a struggle. Those things, like they maybe weigh a pound. They're like 16 ounces. And I could barely pick them up. Really? And as I was going through at the hospital doing my occupational therapy, um, I was like, oh, give me the 10 pound weights. I can do that. That's what I, cause that's, I can do 10 pounds easily sure. at the gym. Yeah. And I could barely pick it up. And she yeah. was like, um, why don't you try the threes? Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And so I was in my head, I was like, I have, even though it's only been a couple of weeks, I have lost everything. And so as soon as I was released from the hospital and cleared to work out, I went into the gym and I was like, Mom, we're doing upper body. I have to do it. And so I started immediately, and I've been going to the gym. I even do leg day. Mm-hmm. I have um, I have a little bit I can do with my leg. So I'm in the gym. I'm going. And That's I'll continue incredible. to do things. And I've told my prosthetist, I said, okay, I'm going to want to snowboard and swim, and I hike, and so he's like, oh, you're going to have a bunch of legs, Jamie. I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> a wide, a yes. wide array to he's, choose yes, from. Yes, I'm going to have several legs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it, it really, it truly, you truly are incredible and inspiring. And, oh, and what thank a, you. You know, your, your attitude. And, I, you know, I got to um, believe that attitude is a big, big part of this because what was it like when you learned you lost your leg? Well, that was um, shocking. Yeah. It was shocking to me. Um, Could you, it, I've always heard, you know, you imagine yeah. it's still there, that I, phantom. Yes, phantom pain. Yes, yeah. that's a, oh man, that's a real thing. I I still thought I had my leg and that they were just working on what they were going to do because I could feel it, still feel it. And even to this day, I feel it right now. Do I feel really? my foot tingling. Um, yes, it's a, it's a strange sensation. So, um, it's been a process. The pain was very, very, very intense in the beginning and you have to figure out what medications work for you. Um, because I had a traumatic amputation. My nerves were like shocked by what happened. It wasn't a gradual process or anything like that. It was, it was traumatic. And so I sometimes feel like the pain that I'm feeling is what I felt in the accident. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no way to describe the pain to someone until you feel it, because I thought I knew what it might feel like, but I had no idea. It's it's pretty bad. So sometimes I just have to, you know, pray it away. But So it still happens. Oh, you. yes. I feel, I feel it every day. Um, yeah. It's... They say it takes, um, for someone like me who had the traumatic experience, it can take a year. And I've spoken to some people who have had amputations who still, who still 10 years later feel the pain. And there's all kinds of things you can do for that. Um, but I'm just hoping mine goes away so that I don't have to have any more surgeries. Um, but it, ugh, gosh, it's wild. And let me tell you, it's crazy. And I, I never could have imagined. Mm-hmm. What other surgeries would they propose to do? Um, so you can have um, these like processors or something put into, I think, your brain or mm. your spine. Oh. That um, 
kind of cuts off the nerve signal to your brain. Um, I'm hmm. not really sure how how all that works, um, but it's an option. But hmm. I don't. I think I will be okay, and I do not need that. That's right. <laughs> okay, and it gives us something else to yes. to pray toward. Yes, <laughs> as a result, let's talk a little bit about your Miss Waco experience. Okay, when was yeah. that? I was Miss Waco in 2015. Okay. And then I was Miss McLennan County after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, this was with the Miss USA was. program. Yes. So, so, you know, what was your takeaway from that whole experience? Oh, my goodness. So I've always been a person who um, loves to do service and who is, like, out in front of things. And so it just gave me a different opportunity to meet new people and to go to different events and to do amazing charity work. I was invited to so many things as Miss Waco, and that really just added on to stuff that I loved to do already. And I made amazing friends that are still my friends to this day, and people always remember me as Miss Waco. It's so sweet. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I did things that I never would have done, and I got to dress up and I loved it it's it was so much fun I'm like why did that have to end (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but I know you're an amazing ambassador for the city and still thank you and still are you know and and as you say I mean life can turn on a dime and as it did for you and and yet there are other doors that are opening for you to help other people in other ways that you never would have dreamed exactly exactly I um have always been a part of community service. It's Mm -hmm. something that uh, my parents instilled in me and um, with our business, we were always doing things for uh, charities. And so that's something that I was aware of. And then in school, in high school, we had to do community service. And I wound up having hundreds of hours of community service because I was a sweetheart and because I just loved doing stuff anyway. And then... As Miss Waco, I got to do even more and learn about different programs. And then I was asked to be a board member for Fuzzy Friends Rescue. Mm -hmm. And animals are my passion. And so that just combined two things that I loved, charity and animals. And I have been a board member since then. And I love Fuzzy Friends. Rescuing animals is something that I believe in. And I always thought animals were going to be my charity passion, but now I'm adding in the amputee world to that. So it's just, I'm going to have quite a busy life, I feel like, doing helping people, doing charity work. And that's totally fine with me. Yeah. You mentioned your folks business. Let's give a shout out to Blanet Catering. Of course, I've known your folks for a long time. Yes. And uh, and they're just amazing. So so how you know how are they doing through all this? Oh wow, um, it's been it's been incredible for me to have them with me by my side from the very beginning. Um, they, I I love my parents. They're amazing, and you know them. Um, you've known them for a while. So yes, we have our business, Blanex Catering, which um, I was managing. And so now I'm kind of doing a little bit of that, but working on my physical therapy. So my dad has been my driver. He's been driving me to all my physical therapy appointments. He'll 
drive me to everything that I need. He's just been there with me every step of the way. And my mom's like my emotional support. I'm like crying about things or if I need something or if I'm having a bad day, she's the one that's there for me. So we're all kind of keeping each other together. Um, but we, we love each other and we've been, um, we've grown so much closer. It's really sad that it was this event that did that, but we've been a close family. Sure. We're, we've always been a close family, you know, I live with them. I work with them. Um, it's it's been a blessing that I have them because mm-hmm. some people don't have family, and I don't know what I would do without them. Yeah, you have a great support, great I support do, with yes. them. Wonderful folks. Um, <laughs> well, I'd love to end these little interviews with a questionnaire. It's similar okay. to the one the late James Lipton would use on his show Inside the Actors Studio. So I have been there, and I actually have you really I have been a couple times. Yes, when I lived in New York. Oh my goodness! Well, go. tell me more about that. Oh, <laughs> so I went to college in New York. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I lived in New York for five years. Wow. Yes, and so oh, yeah, and they'd have students in the audience. Yes. Always. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! I uh-huh. can't tell you how many times I've done this. And they just look that glaze over. They're, They're like, like, who's that? Who's that? Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. This, this, is, yes. this is terrific. Okay, well, this is a very loose okay. version. Okay. But what is your favorite word? Oh. Wow. My favorite word. I don't know. I don't. I, okay, so I do know, but it's not air. Appropriate. So, <laughs> so let me go with. Um, I love words that have lots of syllables, and the first one that came to my head was pterodactyl. Okay. So we'll go with we'll go with a dinosaur word, pterodactyl. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, what's your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Um, Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's I, just sort of meh. What is it really? <laughs> okay. Okay. That's my least favorite word. Very good. <laughs> right, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I am a very passionate person. So anything that just like suddenly draws my attention in, um, Definitely anything that has to do with animals. Um, I'm like, oh, um, if I see something um, beautiful that I think is beautiful, mm-hmm. I'm like intrigued by it. Um, I love mountains. Those are very inspiring to me. Um, spiritually, I love angels, um, like with the wings, that sort of thing. Um just anything that just captures my eye, I feel like, you know, I'm suddenly engaged. It's not, I'm not an audible person. I'm a visual person. So. Okay. What, like then what turns you off creatively or spiritually or emotionally? Uh, negativity. Mm-hmm. Anything negative I cannot deal with. I, I'm a very positive person. Um, I like 
be happy and I like to smile and I like to have fun. And so if something is negative, I'm immediately like, nope, this isn't for me. This is not a Jamie situation. What sound do you love the most? Sound do I love the most? I love a like um a choir and a church is that will probably give me chill bumps forever. Hmm. Very good. What sound do you not like? I do not like um anything really loud. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, just like a loud voice or a loud bang or a crash is just not it if it's loud I think maybe my hat maybe my ears are sensitive I don't know I don't like something loud Mm -hmm. what profession would you have wanted to do other Um, than you know where you are now what you're doing yeah I think I would have loved to have been an actor Mm -hmm. um that was kind of the yeah, the direction you were going. going. Yeah. Um, I think definitely an actor uh, would have been my dream. Probably Broadway um, or uh, film. Mm-hmm. That would have been my dream. Um, and with that, I would have done, had a platform and done charity work, you know. Mm-hmm. What job do you know you would not want to do? I would not want to... Um, only because I don't think I could do it, be um, a surgeon. <laughs> I have learned way too much, and I am like, no, I couldn't do it. Even though I am a big Grey's Anatomy fan, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I should have done sur- – I should have been a surgeon. No, no. I now know I cannot do that. <laughs> and finally, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I want to hear him say, welcome, Jamie, you made it. <laughs> like, that would that would be amazing. Oh, my gosh, just to be there. <laughs> Not, you got here too soon. <laughs> right, right, right. Not, oh, that yeah. was unexpected. No, I just, <laughs> welcome. Like, that yeah. would be, that is the ultimate goal is heaven. Mm-hmm. And so just to be there would be incredible. Well, you are incredible yourself. Oh, you are an inspiring you. young lady. And I thank you so much for sharing what, I mean, it's just an unbelievable thing that you went through, and it's still going through. I mean, yeah. you're still you're still rehabilitating. Yes. And uh, great things are ahead for you, though, I know. Thank Jamie you. Blanick, thank oh. you so much. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.